talk too clearly. I don't want a shot of redemption. Don't want to end up a cartoon in a cartoon graveyard. What a song. Welcome to my podcast. I don't have the drum out today, so because uh, I'm driving right now on my way to an interview. A uh, cool interview episode. I'm about to talk to my friend Erica. If it works out, these interviews have proven pretty tricky to, to wrestle. So I guess there's a little bit of drama, just wondering what is about to happen over the next few minutes that will either allow this to happen or prevent it. So, woo, we're about to talk to Erica. All right, thanks again so much for listening, Brian. Now we're here, now we're here. Thank God. Erica, thank you. Yeah. Jeez, could you feel my desperation of wanting to make this happen? <laughs> well, what's what's uh, like? What's it about? Like, what are you what are you trying to do? Uh, I didn't explain it to you. Um, well, I'm trying to. Uh, you know, I just came across uh, a bit ago, a few months back, um, the need for inspiration and a and a new kind of way of thinking and a new like direction in life to feel you know mm-hmm. because they came from a separation and I started seeking out stuff on the internet um, obviously the internet oh yes <laughs> our friend and, and foe all at the same time and my favorite like forum on that is podcasts and I just I came across so much good stuff that really helped me and I was like dude I, so now I'm taking more yoga I'm actually trying to make meditation a regular practice I'm studying chakras and Tai Chi little by like some of these things like this and listening to everybody I can who's like a positive source of energy to me good that's <laughs> good right yeah, no that's good and so that's like I, I've realized that it's it's actually bigger because there's a lot of people when I start talking about these things that are like me too made a life change made a big you know step you know towards something else yeah and then and I realized that dude this is big and I want it to be bigger I think it can really change some things step by step the the things in our culture that do need to be addressed and changed right basically to spread joy and I don't know if I told you the title of it but I I recently called it uh, Joyful okay a raw journal of the mindful revolution so um, <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> you are Erica, and mm-hmm. you are a friend of mine from way back. And I, yeah, it's I, been seven years now. Yeah, cool. Right? Actually, yeah, if you think about it. Uh huh. And I should actually like start out saying, and we're in a we're in a van, so I should make it seem more like a like a lounge. We don't have to. Do you have some place we could like go and like real quick or? Um, well, I, I, I could just sit here because you could get right back into work. Um, I think a lot of it just depends on where you want to like. If you, I don't mind sitting here and yeah. chatting. Um, I know there's a couple of parks like Griffith Park. I just saw on the that other side. Manor Park. I've never heard of that, but it looks oh, really back cool. there and stuff like that. But you always run into the trouble of like there could be kids and you know people all around too. Yeah. So it's like no matter where we go, I think unfortunately we're probably gonna have to end up. You know, dealing with some kind of noise. Yeah, being in a car. Yeah, or something like, like that. I just told you that the, t- the word raw is in the title. It's it's a 
half-assed, but full, full-on commitment. It's mm-hmm. like a, it's like whatever. I'll figure out the, the resources uh, later. Right. So right now, I'm just trying to stack up conversations with cool people and just check in. And so first, I should really say thank you for Erica cast me and directed me in a movie. Yeah, Paradox Alice. Paradox Alice, and um, anytime somebody does that. They don't know what they're going to get when they hire you, really. They don't know how that's going to go, but they know they're going to have to work with you really closely and intimately. And that was, I had time in my life and just getting that responsibility. So, oh, that's I'll, awesome. I'll, yeah, I'll always say thank you no matter what. Yeah. Because you know, that's how. Well, I mean, we auditioned so many people. I don't think I'd ever gone through a process of auditioning so many people on any project that I'd ever worked on. Yeah. And so we saw a lot of people over the course of like, I want to say three or four weeks, and mm-hmm. I want to say hundreds hundreds of people for these and there weren't really a lot of roles I think in the end you know at least not a yeah. lot of main roles yeah um because uh, it was fairly confined mm-hmm. you know to that set for the most part um but no I think as a director and, and co-writer at the time like I was just looking for you know people that I thought filled my perception of what the characters were mm-hmm. and also brought something more Okay. You know, to the role that yeah. maybe I wasn't necessarily thinking of, but I thought felt organic, you know, to the role. And, you know, and obviously when you came in and, and we auditioned you and there was Jade and Ray and I there, um, you, the other thing uh, I was looking, Jade you know, you kind Ray. of like you, you brought, I think you had a deck of cards. <laughs> yeah. You had brought in, and so you already had come in with a prop. So props were kind of important to you. And I hadn't seen that in a lot of the auditions. Um, and you used that to your advantage to kind of get across what you thought. So we're giving Fox we're giving like. notes for actors to audition with if you want. Yeah, no, it was a bit it was a big <laughs> so thing go for there, me. Grab a prop if you want. Uh, it might work. And I'll segue into why that was important. I think for our relationship in cool. terms of, of moving forward. Yeah. yeah. No, if you do things like that. Yeah. Like segue, and you've already got it planned out. That's going to make this so much better. Yeah. Because you're smart about it. Well, I'm also an editor. So that, so that yeah, kinda, she's that an kinda editor. Kinda helps. Like, literally, literally, we're right outside of uh, DreamWorks. Of yeah. DreamWorks right yeah. now, where she's been an editor on on some major films. Yeah. For a while. So I've I've worked at Disney for ten years, and I worked I was on Mulan and Lilo and Stitch. Um, and a couple other Disney films there and then I came over to DreamWorks and I've been on films like Puss in Boots and The Crudes and Monsters vs. Aliens mm-hmm. um, you know I'm working on some projects right now like some, that, of, the that's 3D, like, uh, some of the 3D projects yeah like Trolls and yeah. you know, I've been working on some Trolls stuff um, I'm also like I'm in the process of possibly looking elsewhere you know I'm always, you're always looking elsewhere and so I definitely have some it's prospects yeah, I definitely have some interesting prospects outside uh, right now. But um, with that in mind, going back to the audition, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I, you know, uh, you were great because you came in, you had you you had your own take on mm-hmm. Fox, which I really liked. But then the other the other aspect that I always look for is like how well can we work together? Like mm-hmm. let's like so you you kind of you you ran through the pages the you know first and then I was like okay let me give you some notes and let's talk a little bit through this and you took the notes really well and you were like and you adjusted and that for me as a director was like okay Ethan can can mm-hmm. like right on the spot like get a note we can talk about it and then you know and, and then adjust to it and that's so important yeah you know for a director to be able to work with someone like that and the other reason I wanted to segue the cards and bringing a prop is one of the one of the things that I always tell people this story is on Paradox Alice there was no mention of your character having a hat in the script 
and again it was prop related like it was something that you you had called me up one night and said I have this idea what do you think about it and you wanted to, to have Fox wear this hat yeah it's like cowboyish yeah. kind of hat and and how you would actually give it to O'Byrne because you had gotten for me that the whole idea was that you were kind of like an older brother figure to O'Byrne and yeah. this was like a hand-me-down to like comfort O'Byrne because O'Byrne seemed to be kind of rattled and not so like as cool and calm you as, as you were you know in the beginning of the movie and so that was kind of your way visually like prop wise to kind of without saying anything and to me like that like without even saying anything in the dialogue that's brilliant like I love that kind uh, of shit yeah, you know that yeah. that adds so much more dimension I think to characters and that and you brought that you know def that kind of stuff to to the role well cheers thank you yeah that, that's that just reminds me of how cool it is to, to make movies right oh yeah it's so yeah well it's, it's so a collaborative fun. effort you yeah. know i think there's a lot of people i've worked with where their egos get in the way and it, they want it to be all them you know 100 percent, and no one else can give any ideas or stuff like mm. that but because i've worked in hollywood for over 20 years and i've worked mm -hmm. you know and i've collaborated with so many people you know i probably have a little bit more broad view of like no i mean it's it's the director's job to take in ideas from other people yeah. and, and if it fits within the context of yeah. what the director's trying to do then yeah. it just makes it all the better yeah sometimes I'll give like here's like 10 ideas I have you know we probably we might not take any but mm -hmm. here's a bunch of ideas yeah yeah so. and, and I love that collaboration and sometimes it makes you understand it better by like why aren't we doing this oh right. I didn't realize that yeah. yeah yeah all right so we don't want to bore people about like how great we were doing that movie <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> or how hot it was on yeah. set. What is this? You told me you didn't bring a... Oh, gosh. The hottest day on record, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we were on a set that actually... We were in a warehouse where it didn't have any air conditioning. Yeah. In the actual warehouse. Because we built this massive spaceship set. Mm -hmm. And the only place that had air conditioning was that little office space. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we were, like, constantly, like, yeah. reeling you guys and then, into And the, sometimes shutting everything down for sound, right? Yeah. Well, um, that, that and just power. We couldn't have everything on all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Who... Freaking microwave something. <laughs> <laughs> we just lost the. Well, there were so many moments where we were even on set shooting something, and, and all of a sudden, all the key lights would just go out. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. So you told me you didn't bring a car today. No, how, I how actually my um no I I have my car in a shop mm. over on Brand right now. And, um, no, I've just been having issues with it for the last couple of weeks, and I think I might have a leak in my, um... So you Uber to work, or what? No, they, they had a shuttle. Oh. So I basically went there this morning, dropped off my car, we talked oh, about it, and then, they, and then they just took, yeah. And it was funny, because when you were like, oh, like, let's, like, today, let's go do lunch, <laughs> and I was thinking, I was like, wait a second, there's something... You thought it was Monday. Yeah, well, because I think that's what we, we were initially discussing, the yeah. idea of getting together next Monday. That's... And so I think... That never that that conversation never continued, right? And so I think you probably thought today, but we never actually solidified <laughs> either Monday or a, today. Did I mention I have a one and a half year old? Yeah, no, <laughs> I so, know, I so, know. The drill. You know, you've got you've got kids. Oh yeah, and, uh, I've dealt when with they that. were when they were at that age and, and all ages, I'm sure, but especially when it's your first, you just your brain goes to. <laughs> it'll just wipe out what you were just thinking about, just wiped out until mm -hmm. a day later. Uh, what does it always say? I, having kids causes brain damage. Maybe. Yeah. Is that a saying? <laughs> I've heard that many times. Oh my god. Having kids actually causes brain damage. What, what happened to my brain? It wasn't. It wasn't damaged before. 
but <laughs> but that sure is fun. Um, what else? If you uh, let me see, I'm always panicking like to see if this thing is actually on. Oh, actually recording. Yeah, it's always good to check. Yeah, so it doesn't like run, run out of memory. No, it's uh, it's been working pretty well on this here little app thing. Very cool. Yeah, and um, so what what else is is, is going on? You got. You're focused on work right now. And yeah, well, I mean, work's been really busy. I've been working on... Let me say this, too. Every time I talk to you, I'm always amazed by, like, wait, so you're still making music? Yeah, doing that. <laughs> you're usually writing some type of graphic novella or something. Yep. And you've got those published, and and is, is that the end of the creative aspect? <laughs> oh, screenwriting. All, all, Just the, screenwriting all the things something. that I do. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, it's interesting, because I don't know if you want me to tell, but I've... I've, I'm transgender and I transitioned after we made Paradox Alice mm -hmm. and I've been struggling with gender dysphoria all my life which is basically what I was diagnosed with gender dysphoria in my specific situation I'm not saying everybody deals yeah. with this was that um, the doctors had spent a year with me and basically went through and said oh you have the brain of a female but you were born with the body of a, of a male yeah. And so all my life I've been out of sync, you know, just from my gender, from yeah. a gender standpoint. Well, that kind of goes along with uh, some of the things that, that I'm studying, you know. Oh, like, really? I mean, just being in sync yeah. with things. Yeah. And it, sometimes it takes study and it takes other people and, you know. Yeah. And it, it, for me, it was really difficult. So when you, when you, when you, when we discuss things like all of the different creative stuff I've done, whether it's music, art, videos, movies, all that kind of stuff. In some ways, uh, I've, I came to the realization that a lot of that stemmed from my unhappiness with me and, and keeping myself busy and preoccupied Dang, yeah. and, to, and to cope. Yeah. It was a coping mechanism for me to be able to just live day by day and still live with the struggle that I was having inside of me. So if I, if I, if I put all my energy and attention on all of these things and creatively try to, they were coping mechanisms for me to, dealing with my own gender dysphoria, then it would help me survive. Yeah. It helped so me that's survive. that's why you had this fountain of energy that yeah. allowed you to just be involved all the time. Yeah, and the older I got, the harder it was getting for me to be able to maintain mm -hmm. that kind of a lifestyle. And so, and I realized I had to, at some point, address my fundamental issue, mm -hmm. you know, the, at the, what's the root of the problem, you know, that I'm really dealing with. And so that's why I spent time on myself. I tell you though, you were involved in, in a lot of things to, that must've been uh, interesting to like completely focus on getting, getting answers for that mm -hmm. because you had to like, I'm not doing this now. I'm not doing this now. Yeah. Did you ever quit work? Um, no, luckily DreamWorks and, and the studios that I've worked for and, and know me like have been 100% 100% supportive of me. Wow. So they've never like they've never said, you know, Kudos. please leave yeah. or we're not going to hire you or whatever it is. Like everybody basically came out and, you know, gave me big hugs and said whatever you need to do. Jeffrey Katzenberg was my my boss at the time and he pulled me into his office and said whatever I can do for you. You know, please let me know. Oh my gosh! So, um, yeah. super supportive, um, a lot of love across yeah. the board. No real issues, you know, from, from a political or 
work work environment yeah. you know here in Hollywood you know per se I know there's other issues going on with people like myself you know outside of LA oh, and California okay. you know, like the bathroom issues and stuff that you hear like in Texas and yeah. South Carolina and stuff like that and mm -hmm. but yeah no I never I never wanted to self-diagnose myself because for me, that just didn't feel like a, the right thing to do. I knew I was having issues. I knew I was conflicted. I knew it had something to do with gender. I knew I felt like I was in the wrong body kind, mm -hmm. of, a, kind of a feeling. Mm -hmm. But as a little kid and even as a teenager, like I didn't know what I was, why I was feeling the way I was. I didn't understand it. The word transgender wasn't even a word at that uh. time. And it wasn't even a blip on the radar. When did you hear that word? Um, it really wasn't, I think, until like the last maybe 10, yeah. 15 years. I think even before that, it was mostly transsexual. You would hear the word transsexual a lot. Um, yeah. And people would often confuse cross-dresser with transsexual or transgender, and they're completely different things. Cross-dresser is gender expression. It's someone who wants to dress up in the opposite gender, mm -hmm. but, they, but they're fine with their actual, the gender that they are. Oh, yeah, you yeah, You know, yeah, the yeah. physical gender that they are. My particular situation, it was that, like, no, it had nothing to do with, like, how I dress or my gender expression. It had everything to do with how I feel about myself, and I just felt like I was in the wrong body, like, gender-wise. Mm -hmm. And so after going through a year of, of psychoanalysis and medical, all this medical crap, yeah, and yeah. MRIs, they would literally, like, put MRIs up of, of my brain between a female brain and a male brain, and, and it looked more like a female brain. Like MRIs. just the, the, the size, the size of you know certain areas of it and stuff like that. So, what? so yeah, no, it's 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 actually it's. It, I think a lot of people think that this is so, like there's, there's, there's a nothing choice. behind it. Yeah. No, for me, I mean, it was a choice to transition. That's yeah. a choice. I see. But biologically, I am I have been dealing all my life with a condition that I had no choice in the matter, mm -hmm. which is basically. When I was in, this is what it was explained to me yeah. by my doctors. When I was in utero, in my mom's womb, that basically, like in the, within the first three months, it's determined that whether you're going to be, you know, you're going to have male genitalia or female genitalia. Like, and we all start out female. Okay. So at some point, your chromosomes we go. All, is that in the movie? I think so. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, okay. that is in the movie. Or maybe I'm thinking of Jurassic Park or something. I think it's both. It's probably in both. both. Yeah, I probably <laughs> stole it out of Jurassic Park. To okay. be honest with you, because there are actually some know. themes in Paradox Alice that you could like literally go, wait a second, that sounds like deja vu. I think I kind of heard that in Jurassic Park. Yeah. But no, we all started out inherently female, and mm -hmm. within the first three months, your chromosomes basically go, okay, you're gonna. It's like the blueprint to basically say you're gonna be a boy, you're gonna be a girl, mm -hmm. and so boys develop, you know, within the first three months. Um, but within the next six months is when, uh, like the testosterone is supposed to level up in, okay. in boys and to basically masculinize your brain. And so there's certain, like the hypothalamus not and stuff your, like that. Not just your anatomy. Right. So then your, your brain. brain and your body get on the same page. In my particular case, my mom didn't produce enough to, to, to masculinize my brain. So my brain stayed the same. It's, it stays feminized. Mm -hmm. And so like literally from the moment I was born, even though I had, you know, the biological body that of a is male. That is road mapping right there. Yeah, my brain. And, and it's, and this is kind of one of those things where it's like it's a it's a fairly new science yeah you know even even the um i want to say like the the world of psychology just in the last like five years have finally adopted that transgender people especially in my my state it isn't a psych psychological disorder mm -hmm. which that's another reason why for, it is not is not a psychological yeah. disorder for my particular there's case it's, physical... there's, there's an actual biological um mm -hmm. reasoning 
behind why I'm the yeah. way I am. And so you got to understand. So then before all this, yeah, like believing what I did, feeling the way I did, like and reading up on what I did, I basically had a psychological disorder. And my first thoughts were that, oh, they're going to lock me up. No. I know, but that's what I read. Yeah. That's what, you know, you hear, you hear of conversion therapy, you hear of back in the 70s and 80s, they were still like, you know, putting people that felt the way I did, you know, in, in institutions and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so it's like, it wasn't until really the last, you know, five or six years that, I, that all of a sudden I started hearing like, well, wait a second, there might be another reason for why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. And that's when I started to try to address it and go in and try to figure it out. Uh-huh. <sighs> And then, then there's a choice that you can make, and that's what you're yeah, saying. That's so the choice you, you make, and that's awesome. Yeah. Some people are like, you can deal with it in whatever way feels like it's going to be the most exciting for your life. The most, maybe exciting is not your goal. Maybe your life is the easiest for your life. But then you can make a choice and say, what do I want to do about this? Yeah. Do I just want to internalize everything and and? Uh, I could have kept going the way I was going. Yeah. But I felt like I basically asked my doctors, so what are my choices here to get to get this struggle to stop? I was yeah. struggling on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I just you can't explain to people because ninety nine point nine percent of the population, they're in sync with their gender. Ninety nine. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, most people are in sync and they, they can't comprehend what it's like to be me. Mm -hmm. And I get that. I understand it. Well, there's but probably a lot of people in, in like outside of Hollywood or that aren't exposed to looking for some kind of answer that right. wouldn't even consider. Right. That wouldn't even, so they're just going to live yeah. their whole life well, and the that other, way without the, even looking into it. The other thing too that might correspond to what some of the things you're dealing with right now and what mm -hmm. you're going through is that I have found through my own experience that a lot of what's held me back is also the, the peer pressure of social constructions and what people want you to be. So whether it's to be a husband, whether it's to be a father, whether it's to be a wife, a mother, yes. you know, uh, like whatever it is, like people, we don't realize how much pressure our friends and our family and work associates and everybody around us is constantly in, in some indirect way, like pressuring us to be what they want you to yeah. be rather than what we need to be. Okay. And so, um, and, and, I, and I know most people like subconsciously aren't really thinking that, but it all comes down to comfort level. Like, so for instance, transgender people make a lot of people feel uncomfortable, right? Why mm -hmm. is that? That's not necessarily my problem. That's yeah. someone else's problem. And I had to learn that in order to transition and to better my life and to be happier and to finally get myself in sync because yeah. I've never been better in <laughs> terms of myself. Yeah. Like I don't struggle anymore and I'm, I've never been happier mm -hmm. because I finally, after all these fucking years, <laughs> sorry for my language. <laughs> Like, no, but that's, it, it was so serious. Yeah. Like it was, I was so distraught, you I know, know, and I was so like, I was in so much pain that I don't feel that anymore. And it's a euphoric feeling. It's an amazing feeling. I so, can tell, man. but I had to also get over that hump of not being afraid of yeah. what the world would, would see me as too. That's a big and that's a huge thing. that's a huge Girl. leap. Yeah, not just not only that did I have to get over leap. myself, yeah. my own situation, but I also had to overcome the way the world would then react to me and look at me mm -hmm. in a way. Yeah, including family, friends, and it's not even like it's funny because we can talk about the transgender element all we want, but the other level of it is that now I'm a woman, 
and I live as a woman and everybody treats me on a daily basis as a woman anyone who has met me post my transition they all think I'm a girl so even like yesterday when I was at work um, this one girl that I, that's been working with me for the last year all of a sudden she came up to me and said you know I'm really really angry and I said well why are you angry she said well I just watched Mulan the other day and I saw your name and Disney misspelled your name at the end of the credits no way. and and I was like I just kind of stared at her and I went like oh my god she doesn't know right and this happens to me almost on a daily so basis that makes you feel like kind of cool yeah it feels great yeah but again it's one of those things where it's like this will be my world like I have to constantly deal with this because I have a past I have that part of me that that people that I've met post my transition mm -hmm. they just think I'm a woman and that I've always been a woman and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden there's a hiccup like wait a second like mm -hmm. why was your name this that she just thought you know like mm -hmm. Disney made a mistake but it wasn't their fault mm -hmm. I had to explain to her this is why my name was this yeah back back when I made this movie and because because sometimes you don't have time to explain that right sometimes you're like <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Maybe we'll chat. Yeah, but but again, like you know, it's like the the transgender element and the way the world looks at me is one thing. Mm. The other element that we don't really discuss much is that now that I'm a woman, mm. the world treats me different too, just as a woman. Mm -hmm. So we got to understand, like I had been living as a guy for forty years of my life. Mm -hmm. Now I'm living as a woman, and everybody treats me radically different. The world treats men and women different. There's mm. no. I don't care what people want to believe. But don't you want? Don't you want them to? Or no? I, well, no, or I mean that, that's okay. But for but for like you've like say for you, you've been you were born a guy. You've you've been raised as a man. You you were you've been conditioned to live in a world the way the men, that people look at you as a man. Yeah. Same thing with women. Women are conditioned. They're used to it. You know, cat calls. Yeah. Being hit on. True. Um, double standards. Sometimes those all things that really kind get of under stuff. your skin. Right, and and a, a lot of my friends that are women, mm -hmm. you know, they they're conditioned to it. They don't get as bent out of shape about it. For someone in my position, I was raised as a boy. I was I grew up as a man in in the way the world looks at me, even though I didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I do a 180. Yep. I completely flip the switch, and now I'm a woman. And so it's a much more drastic kind of social shock. To me, really? in terms of like, oh my, oh my God, like there really is like a huge difference between the way people look at you. And, and a great example of this is that for mm. the last couple years, people stopped complimenting me on my accomplishments in general. Ooh, so this is so I'm leaning closer to the microphone because that's that's crazy. And that's what I've people heard. used to do, used to say to me all the time was just like, oh my God, you do so much. You're so yeah. like, I love your work. You're so good at what you do. And it turned into my, the, it turned into the compliments that I've been getting the last couple of years aren't on what I can do. Your hair color. It's the way I look. Goodness God. So all of a sudden it's on my, it's on my shoes. It's on my outfits. Yeah. It's on my hair. It's on my makeup. It's on like, oh, you look so pretty today. You know, yeah. I, those are the compliments I now get and huh. receive, which again, is great. Which you probably just smile and say thanks. But, and... but again, it shows how much different Yeah. because I've lived that. So you're I've not seen... judging that. You're just stating there's a difference. It's the way the world looks at yeah. men and women. There mm -hmm. is a difference and there's double standards for sure. I, I feel like sometimes I have to work twice as hard to prove myself. Is any of these and people walking by like a famous director or anything? No, <laughs> not, that I, not that I can look. They, yeah. they actually look all like gardeners to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah. no, it's it's like I what I can physically do, what I can creatively do, is no different from who I was before I transitioned. I could do all the same things. Just because I changed my gender, yeah, doesn't mean I can't do all the same things. Mm -hmm. You know, but it is interesting. The world treats me different now, yeah. just because of the way I look. Hmm. In the way I hey, act. maybe this is a little bit of a lesson for any of us who think that that's all the, it's all women want to hear about their shoes and their hair. That's not necessarily the case. No, not always. No, I mean yeah. it's 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 a nice compliment. You say thank you, say thank nice. you, and yeah. stuff like that. But it's just, you know, again, I think for me coming from a background where. I never used to be told like, oh, you look handsome or you look like those are great. You know, that's a great outfit you're wearing today as a guy. That is, yeah. That's, you know, you look handsome. Yeah. Today. I mean, they just, I, I would not, I would not get that, that. you yeah. know, but again, to go from never hearing that yeah, and then all of a sudden hearing it on a daily basis, you know, I had, I had one executive here out of nowhere, just like wait for me in the parking lot. And I'm just like, okay, this is weird. And, and he's just like, I just want to tell you how beautiful you are. And I'm like, is he hitting on me? Oh I'm like, gosh. oh my God. Like, cause those are new things that I have yeah. to deal with that I've never had to deal with before. Where all of a sudden, like, I don't know if like somebody's hitting on me or, you know, and I get yeah. like, I'm walking across the street and all of a sudden guys are start whistling at me. And I'm like, I'm looking around thinking like, there must be like a cute girl, right? Like behind <laughs> me or something. Cause that's where my head goes. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm looking around. There's no other girl around me. And they're like pointing at me, uh -huh. you know, it's just like, no, you. And I'm just like, holy shit. Were you out of, <laughs> that's. Oh my gosh, what an experience. People's experiences are so awesome, especially when you can share it like this. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. God, were you ever like not involved in, or were you ever like, I think you told me you weren't coming to work for just like a month or something, right? While you were getting some done? Yeah, well I think... Um, but it wasn't that long. Yeah, but, last year I had the, uh, you know, the gender um, confirmation surgery, which mm -hmm. is basically the big surgery. Mm -hmm. And um, that took me out for about five, five to six weeks. Okay. So I definitely couldn't. I mean, I just physically, work, yeah, yeah, I was not able to physically function, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, in terms of like being able to move around and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah it took me about a good five or six weeks before I could kind of be back up on my feet uh, surgery. And, get, and getting back to work. Yeah. You know, I think when we first met, I was on crutches. You remember that? I wouldn't be surprised. I just, that was the last <laughs> surgery. I... <laughs> yeah. Oh, Alex Fox partied hard. Um, shoot. Are you, uh, so you good now? I, well, you know, the thing is, is like me, like myself yeah. and how I feel about myself and where I am, I'm great. I, you know, there's no doubt about it. There's been some hiccups on a personal yeah. level. You know, what I did definitely, um, caused a few people very close to me in my life to, to reject me <sighs> and to do yeah. some very negative things. And I won't, I don't want to go too deep into yeah. it, but you know, I wish that had been better. I wish that had been smoother. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely feel like, you know, at, at a time where I was the most vulnerable in my life and I, and I had to be, to be able to take care of myself, mm -hmm. there were just some people, you know, in my personal life that, uh, took it, took it personally yeah. and it internalized it and made it all about them and didn't, mm -hmm. and couldn't really step back and yeah. look at the bigger picture of what was going on with me. Yep. And that's hard, you know, that's hard in personal relationships is like, you know, oh, you, they want, can be. I mean, you want people to be able to. Other people are in your your brain. You care about them and you care, yeah. they're, you're connected. And yeah, and, the, and these are people I, I've, I've loved and I've cared about deeply. And and it's significant that they go through like kind of a, a ride with you. Yeah. But people change at different, different yeah. frequencies, you know. And they, I think that's life in general. One thing that's definitely taught me is that, you know, 
people are constantly evolving. And sometimes it doesn't necessarily mean that they're evolving together. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes that's sometimes they you know you that you split apart because yes. one person's going one way, another person's going the other way, and you know uh, some people are lucky mm-hmm. and they're on the same page yeah. as they're evolving. You know, and uh, some people learning is a big part of that. And some people just aren't. You know, mm-hmm. some people are reluctant mm-hmm. to, yeah. for change. You know, and obviously I made a big change. Yeah, yeah, and, but I had to really from did. from myself. I, I kind of felt like I had no choice. I had to do it for myself. Yeah. For my for my own health, both both physically and mentally, I had to do it. Good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find that now, you are you feel like different as a creative person? Because, oh yeah. yeah. Radically. Yeah. I don't think I would have written Paradox Alice the same way. <laughs> if if you no, I really if don't. you haven't, you know. Uh, people who are listening, Brian. There's, there's not many people who listen to this except a buddy of mine, Brian. Um, you should check it out, and then you'll know what we're talking about. Right. Um, yeah, because my point of view is different now. Yeah. You know. Well, I, have you ever? You've heard of Tupac? Yeah. A friend of mine said that, like, if you listen to his music before he went to prison, it's like radically different than afterwards. Oh, yeah. He was like a more spiritual person and more connected with himself, like after, because yeah. of that hard, that hard transition he had to go through. It's true. So you kind of remind me of Tupac. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people go through that. Where it's almost like it's I, I equate it to kind of like the 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 Jesus Christ syndrome, where it's like where it's like there's AD and BC. Mm-hmm. Where you have like that one moment um, that's like a, a, a critical moment in your life. Mm-hmm. So in Tupac's it would be that he went to prison. Mm-hmm. In mine it would be that I transitioned. Yeah. And your point of view just radically changes. Not mm-hmm. only because of yourself, but also because of the way everybody else also yeah. around you, you know, starts treating you. And, and during and that time, you. maybe between those, that overlapping time, that's when, you know, Jesus is actually walking around and things <laughs> are getting changed and things are getting turned around and people are like, oh my gosh, who do we believe? What do I believe? Where, right. where do we go? Who, right. goes, who goes with me? Who goes over there? I've had a lot of people tell me um, as I transitioned and post-transitioned that they kind of looked at their own life, like because they, they watched me, they saw what I went through uh, and they were really inspired to look at themselves and reevaluate themselves and their lives Not to try to make wise, it. Not gender-wise, but in other No, no, no. Other ways. Yeah, no, no, no. By no means do I mean gender-wise. I mean, just as an overall, yeah. like, good practice to kind of, like, look at your own life. Like, they, they came to me. Like, I had so many people come to me and go, you were so brave with what you did. I'm so inspired by what you did that I, I have now kind of buckled down yeah. on myself and try. I'm trying to make myself a better person and healthier and and those around me and stuff like that. So, so many people have actually adjusted and changed things in their lives mm-hmm. that I, that So you're I've actually known. helping with, my my goal is propelling like a mindful attitude mm-hmm. about stepping, stepping back, allowing your thoughts to exist, examine them and kind of understand why you're having them. Yeah. And then go forward based like to, to allow yourself to have a more joyful existence. I think it's important to always take a step back once in a while and, and evaluate yourself and yeah. where you're at. Are you happy? Are you mm-hmm. like, you know, physically, mentally in a good and that's, place? That should be pretty and, much daily and if, with a lot of people, people who don't do that for years and all of a sudden it, then it'll seem like a really, really big shift that they have to go through. But it's hard. I didn't do it for years. Yeah, I will admit it's, it's, it's one of the hard, self-discipline mm-hmm. is one of the hardest things we can do as human beings because we constantly project. 
we're constantly like looking at everyone else's like meaning like in terms of like all of our problems like i've seen so many people go like well it's not it's not because of me it's because of them it's because of this it's because of the situation i see and we're not always looking at ourselves as wait a second maybe we're the problem or maybe we're causing some of the things that are going Mm -hmm. on or maybe it's because we're not happy man that's a theme also that i was just discussing when i didn't have a a person i was co-hosting with Mm -hmm. for like a couple days ago that's something i was talking about too it's like you do have blame. You can spend a lot of time on other people and then you don't go examine. Yeah. And victim- you're, you're not examined because victi- you're like other people are. Victimization is a big word oh, yeah. because because right now we're seeing it in the country. I think overall, everybody's like saying, I'm the victim. I'm the victim. And then yeah. everyone's getting angry and mad and lashing out at each other yeah, and all that kind like- of stuff. I wrote a song, like my, my band, Imaginarius, uh, we're working on a new album right now. Imaginarius. Yes. We're on iTunes and Spotify and all that kind of stuff. But, um, so I'm, we're working on a new album mm-hmm. and I'm usually the one who writes most of the songs. And so one of the new songs I wrote that the band really likes, it's called Number One Enemy. And the song really is about the enemy is a lot of times ourselves. One in a way that like sometimes we're our own worst enemy and moving forward and yeah. trying like we're constantly like I don't I can't tell you how many trans friends that I have that are like reluctant to do certain things because they're constantly talking themselves out of something uh-huh. you know yeah it's like it's funny how I how I listen to people in general and, and like so many of do us you wish they were more empowered a little bit in themselves. well in themselves yeah. yeah the problem is like I think like so many people like men and women constantly shoot themselves in the foot yeah shoot themselves down to convince themselves like oh you know what I'm not gonna do that now because because of this or I'm not gonna, it's gonna be too hard or financial reasons or whatever yeah. it is like we're constantly like coming up with excuses yeah. as to not actually move forward but in some ways to yeah. hold ourselves back sometimes there's like a group sometimes it's this person or that person but, but yeah they that person is tying me back I can't yeah. do it because of that this or that yeah but know? in the end it's like well no we we make our own choices mm-hmm. we're, we're we're the owners of our own destiny and our own fate you know at the end so it's like stop making up excuses and just fucking do it just do it you know i mean it's like i i don't know i and that's what i here's the thing is that i am guilty of that too sam because before i transitioned that's exactly what i did for decades i can i was i was scaring myself i was afraid i was convincing Mm -hmm. myself of the worst case scenarios and it held me back Mm -hmm. from taking care of myself you Mm -hmm. know doing anything i wish i hadn't done that but you know, it's like, it is what it is. Now, I learned from it. I've moved on. And this is kind of the state of where I that's am. That's an interesting thing right there is understanding that you wish you had done something. Yeah, I do. But also understanding that you don't want regret in your life. Right. And that you're, everything happened to get to you right here. Well, and it's admitting that I've made mistakes. There you go. Admitting. That's the other thing judging. too. Yeah. The other thing too is like. Because don't judge yourself, right? I take accountability for the mistakes I've made. I take accountability for... You know, a lot of the things I've done, I just don't think enough people do that. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, it's easier to blame someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Blame yourself. Hold that mirror up. Got to do mirror work. I was talking to this guy who said, um, when I was like feeling pretty bad a few months back, and I talked to this guy, and he said, really calmly, he just said, do more mirror work. Just spend time in front of the mirror. So I, I, I didn't do that really today, but you know, I, I do that sometimes and I think of that, that dreadlock guy who told me that and all right, I'm going to try and do some mirror work and yeah. 
I think it's good to do like I think in terms of like mirror work I think it's important to um, prop yourself up that's but what he was saying yeah but to also say what can I do better okay so I think it's like you kind of need both you are both. a very disciplined person yeah you kind of need to do both so in other words you're saying there's a distinction between just saying I love you whoever you are yeah. but you're also saying what can we do better yeah okay because well, I think that's the thing at the end of the day it's like pick out those things that you really like about yourself because there are yeah. things that yeah. we all like about ourselves you know right? there are things and then there's some things where it's like and it's this is the hardest part is go in there and be nitpicky we're it's so easy to be nitpicky at like other people we're yeah. so good at it like every single human being is an expert and looking at someone else and nitpicking what they don't like about them. Yes, they are. You know, yes, we, or, yes, or, or complaining and stuff like that about mm -hmm. other people. At the end of the day, we all have our own flaws, though, too. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, let's be realistic here. You know, we do. And, you know, and there's always ways that you can kind of go like, you know what? I'm going to try to work on this yeah. in the next few months and see what I can do to, to offset, you know, what, what's not working here. Yeah. That's so special. So. Thank you. Where else can we go from here? <laughs> like in We're, terms of like because the planet? You really, yeah, yeah, in terms of the planet. The planet itself? <laughs> yeah, how are you feeling about this planet? <laughs> Pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's going to get better because I feel like some of the things that we're talking about, how it's been difficult and whether it's acceptance of outside of a of Hollywood or whatever, mm -hmm. um, even in Hollywood for that matter, of different circumstances like transgender and we nitpick each other, we blame each other, we blah, blah, blah. Well, one of the things I'm, I'm trying to perpetuate through this is the things that I find in the news or the people I talk to who are like teachers of, um, of meditation mm -hmm. and mindfulness. So there's kids, the, the younger kids who are like in, you know, fifth grade now, they're getting meditation and mindfulness in their schools yeah and they're gonna they're gonna be like not doing that they're gonna change some things and I want to get us as older people on board with that also yeah so that we can actually come like together and be like all right there's a lot of low vibrations that we are, are pursuing right now yeah we're gonna raise up and we're gonna not care about some of these things that we point our fingers at yeah, and we're going to solve other problems. Yeah, it's a fine line because I mean, I have two kids Yeah, and they're both part of the millennial, mm -hmm. you know, generation and there's, you know, I think with every generation again, there's good things and there's negative things. Mm -hmm. You know, I think like you said, there's a bit more of connection to that I think with millennials and younger kids and a lot of that comes from they're not as tainted yet. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the older you get, we definitely see like the cynicism yeah. and this bitterness and when this it, anger. That, I don't know that, if you're older than of... me or not, but the 80s, right? Yeah. I mean, the 80s. There was like this sorrow, a little bit of like, I feel, I feel two things. There was a little bit of like, we understand what the problems are mm -hmm. in the 80s. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm talking about early, mid 80s. Like, it was like this awareness. Like, we know what the problems are. We're going to change it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I, I will say this with each with each decade things get more complex. Yes. Politically, socially, environmentally, technology wise. Yeah. So when you even look back at the eighties, like we I think we lived a, a slightly simp simpler life. Mm -hmm. And I think with each decade, it gets a bit more, more and more complex, rightfully so. Yeah. But I think that's where we see rejection from politically from a lot of people that want to make America great again. 
Who you know, are you talking they, about? Well, <laughs> I want to. You know, I mean, I don't want to get too political. I'm an no, no. I'm actually a registered independent. Yeah. So during my life, I've actually voted for both Republicans and Democrats. Uh-huh. But I will go on the record and say I am I am not a Trump supporter. Okay. And I'm not really crazy about a lot of the stuff that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that campaign was run was run on this idea of like let's go back. Yeah. Let's go back. Like to a simpler backwards, time. Backwards. Like whether you want to say the 80s or the 70s or the 60s or the 50s. I think the 50s was like one thing that people kept bringing up, you know, like where like mom is still at home and pumps, yeah. you know, and dad's like comes home and, and like she takes <laughs> off, you know, his slippers yeah, and was, gives him gives him a glass of like bourbon. That would have worked. That <laughs> with, with a cigar. No, yeah, but oh, no. Why, why not go back to that? No, but I, un- I understand. You can. You can go back to that in your own personal I 100% life understand the want and the need to feel like you want to go back to a simpler time mm-hmm. but you can't do that mm-hmm. that just is not realistic because everything evolves relationships the world mm-hmm. you know countries you know just yeah. everything's evolving and yeah. it's nice to have that feeling of like oh I want to go back it's like it's like adults a lot of times even my kids are like oh I wish I was a kid again uh-huh. I wish I was back in first grade. And how old I are wish yours? I could. I wish I could go back to college. Like college years were some of my best years. I loved college. Yeah. But I can't. I know I can't. I can say it. Yeah. But I know I can never go back to that. You know that kind of the, my, my age and yeah. you know and, and stuff that I lived with. So I, I move on. I look forward. I try to make the future better than my past. Yeah. The richness of now. Right? Yeah. But that's. I think that's. It's interesting that you see a lot of people rejecting the future and rejecting science and rejecting evolution and rejecting, mm. you know, all those things. And yeah. they want it, and they want control and they want to go back to a simpler time. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that's possible. And when you mm-hmm. fight that, when you reject it, you're just going to get more angry and angry mm-hmm. because the next generation, the millennials are going to show you up. Yeah. Because they they're going to be smarter and they're going to there's going to be more technology and more evolution and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, involved. you're going to seem like a dinosaur. Yeah. One thing I've I've really done, I, I was pretty politically, like, I tried to be aware of a lot of things, and I really got myself worked up within the past four or five years, maybe three years, about, like, making sure I read everything and having thoughts about, like, a lot of political, like, sentiments and cultural, like, especially regional throughout the country, mm-hmm. traveling the country a bit. Um, I've really pulled myself away from that, and... Maybe I'll go back into it at some time, but I don't like. I know all of those negative sentiments you're talking about—the yeah. campaign of the the current president, the, the supporters of the current president, and why they do it. And and I have I love people who are definitely huge advocates of of you know of that aspect of yeah. the right wing. And I have people who I love who are big advocates on the left wing. And oh, what I have, I've done I have is, both. I yeah, have both too. Right? Yeah. And they're dear to us. Yeah. And but what I've done is I'm I know what those thoughts are. I'm not going to look at them anymore. Right. I know what I'm going to get. And so I'm focusing on just the future like you said. And how can I how can I like just take what comes from the right place yeah. internally? Well, and a lot of I think a lot of anger and fear comes out of people feeling like they're not in control. Yeah. Right? So oh, I yeah. I so I think um what it comes down to is is you have to have the mindset of like look I'm never going to have control of all these people mm-hmm. that's just not going to happen everybody has free will everybody you know wants to believe what they want to believe at the end of the day I have control of me yes 
and how I think and what I do and where I'm going to go and who I'm going to vote for and all that kind of stuff. If someone asks me my opinion, I'll give it, you know. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I'm not here to argue. I'm not here to, like, you know, say you're wrong and I'm right. So you don't inject yourself. Like, let me ask you this. Do you ever make comments on political articles? Sometimes. Oh, you do? Sometimes I do, but... That's one thing I I maybe have done a few times, but never But I would say, like, like, say say if I, on an average, if I post, like, ten things a week, Uh one of them will be political. I see. I won't try to... Like, I have friends who who every single day, you know, every single, like, five minutes will post something on on either side. You know, on either side. Oh, yeah. You can put so much energy into that, man. Yeah. And and, and, and nowadays with technology and the internet and all that kind of stuff, you can find whatever supports your argument and your belief and throw it up there and say, I'm right, you're wrong. Yes. You know, I mean, everybody, yes. everybody can do the beauty, it. The beauty of the internet that some people were really optimistic mm-hmm. about. Do you remember that old commercial? I think it was, there's like a famous actress. She was a young child in it. She's standing out in the desert, like in the Utah flats or something like that. And she's like, there will be a road. Do you remember that there will be a road commercial for the so, internet yeah. in like 1996? Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. There will be a road and it will connect all of us. You're like, <laughs> so there was like, the, we're all going to be connected, sharing of ideas. Uh, yeah, that's possible, but it's also possible to do just what you said and incubate yourself no, it, with those ideas that are just exactly what you already thought. Well, I think in some ways the, you know, social media has also created bubbles. Yeah. Where people like kind of trap themselves in their own bubbles of comfort. Yeah. And I think that's a natural phase with this new thing, even though it's not new now. We're on the internet 3.0 now or something, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still relatively new when you think of like. It's the Old West. The big. <laughs> yeah, it's the Old <laughs> West. So, like, the big things that trans. that were like periods of transformation of how things are done from being able to print on paper. You know what I mean? Like, back in the day. Like a one of them that I I read Mark Twain uh, and he talks about this period where we were using uh, the Mississippi River for so, so much commerce. Mm-hmm. That was like a, it lasted like sixty years. This massive industry and the way things all were centered around that Mississippi River. Yeah. Um. So that was this isn't seventy years old. You know, no. things they have to go through and see how they're going to come out. So the fact that there are these little bubbles of like negativity mm-hmm. and like causing a little more bickering. I think that's a phase that's going to be flipped for the good pretty soon. We're well, going to we're going to understand collectively. Well, and it's funny cuz even in our lifetime, like you know, my kids don't even do email anymore. Like email doing? used to be our thing, right? We used to email all the oh, time. Really? They're like, "What?" Well, and they're literally like, that. "Why why would you email?" Yeah. You just text. What about if they want to send a They don't they document. don't they, they don't email anymore. Huh. Like they just, it's, it's weird. Like that, like that's how fast yeah. stuff is changing. Cause we just started emailing in the nineties. Right. You know, yeah. like, Hey, you got mail, you know I mean? That whole <laughs> yeah. thing. And it's yeah. like, and all of a sudden, even now it's like outdated, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of kids, they're just like email. Yeah. I guess you got to, what's st- that? You got to stay up on these things. <laughs> <laughs> email, email. And they're like, ponder it for a second. What? Yeah. What? what? <laughs> CDs? What? Oh, what are CDs? Yeah. And you're like, you're just like, wait a second. Like, I grew up on LPs. Yeah. And CDs are, are pretty much dead. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, jeez. <laughs> this is awesome. This, I, I'm told that we need to keep this pretty short, so. Okay. Anything else we should hit? I mean, not unless you have any other uh, questions. I mean, I, you know, based on the, your actual, the thematic of your podcast. Yeah, you know, I think and you, you, you were able to, to like, really just give something that people, <laughs> that I, I will be happy to hear. And, and uh, I guess maybe some people are going to listen to this and wonder, like, well, do you feel this, this like, uh, kind of sympathy for the people who have what the trouble that you had a few years ago uh -huh. that live in, like, freaking... Ohio or Arkansas. You oh, know what I, I mean? I, I have enormous amounts of sympathy and empathy for anybody who struggles. Not with just that. No, not just with just that. Just any kind of struggles, whether yeah. it's financial, whether it's, um, you know, has to do with bigotry or, you know, whatever it is. It's because, like, at the end of the day, I think people are constantly marginalized mm -hmm. and looked down upon for their differences. Yeah. And stuff like that. And, I, you know, and I definitely, like, I'm all about equality, you know. Woohoo! You know, raise my pom poms and you know, shake them up and down, you know, kind of kind of thing. But um, yeah, no, I guess I guess one of the things I do want to say, um, and I don't want to go too dark on this, is that no, I used to be suicidal. So when I was a teenager, I tried to I tried to commit suicide, and even after Paradox Alice, I was getting very close to committing mm. suicide again. And, and all of this really did stem from my gender dysphoria. It's that strong. Mm -hmm. it, it, it points in my life. It had gotten that strong where it's just like you don't see any other light at the end of the tunnel. You think this is the only answer that's going to solve your problems is to basically take your own life. And so what I want to address and what I want to communicate with anybody who's ever felt like that is that that's a lie. And again, you're, you're your own worst enemy. Like there is light at the end of the tunnel. There are ways that you can overcome things and you can control your life and you can put it on track. And I'm, I'm, I'm an example of that. You mm -hmm. know, I'm, I am an example of someone who has, has tried to and this felt- This is serious now. Yeah, I mean, and, like, and felt you, so- you, you seriously were contemplating how this would affect, were you contemplating how it would affect like your kids? Yeah, everybody. But, but you were day, still wrestling. Well, because the thing idea. is, at the end of the day, like there's. And been, I'm talking about suicide now. Yeah, and there's some people who, who after I transitioned, called me selfish. Mm -hmm. You know, and they that's where they were coming from. Was like you're you're so selfish, and you know, in my point of view, was like, well, what's what's interesting is that for most of my life, I thought I was very unselfish, because I cared more about everyone else than myself. And not like I I basically was like I don't care if I die. Yep. I don't care if I take my life. I, everyone else, you know, as long as it doesn't, you know, affect anyone else. Mm -hmm. But um, the reason why I want to bring that up is because I just, for anyone out there who feels like they have those urges or mm -hmm. feel like that there's no answer, like, like, please reach out. Please reach out to your friends, your family. There's actually like a national suicide hotline that you can call yeah. and stuff like that. And again, I'm living proof of someone who's been there uh -huh. and did something about it. And, um, and I'm glad that I did. And I just want everyone to understand is that although it's, it seems like the impossible, there are ways to overcome these feelings and this depression and to make your life better. You can do it. We are saying, please, please reach out. That is such a cool thing that yeah. you're, you're, oh God. And, and I wish, cause I, I, the reason I'm bringing it up is cause my uncle took his life about three months ago. And he was struggling with a lot of things. It had nothing to do with gender dysphoria, but he was struggling with a lot of things himself. Mm -hmm. And so I wish I, I could say some of the things that I'm saying now to him 
that like you know we're talking about right now and I want everyone out there who listens just to yeah. know that like you know they're don't do it you know that yeah. reach out you know friends family whoever you has have there, to has there been a figure who has surprised you with their positive I mean you were telling me that Jeffrey Katzenberg yeah a, that's a surprising thing but my grandmother yeah. actually of all people um my mom's mom she's still alive uh-huh. she's in her mid-90s um, and she's very fragile, you know, she's, but she's a spitfire too, you know, kind of a thing. But yeah, my mom and I thought that when we would sit down with her and tell her about my situation, that she, number one, wouldn't understand it. Number two, uh, you know, she would just kind of reject me because, you know, she comes very old school. Yeah. You know, obviously she was, you know, yeah. born in the early 1900s. So, you know, it's, it's, it would it wow. would have been something that just, I think would have blown her mind. Right. So the biggest surprise was that when my mom and I sat down with her mm-hmm. and we talked about it and stuff like that, she literally just grabbed me and hugged me and wouldn't let me go and just said, I don't care. She's just, I love you for who you are. And that doesn't that doesn't matter to me. And of course, all the tears, yeah. you know, just started falling, you know, all over the place. But you know, that's probably surprised me the most out of anybody yeah. um, in terms of. And it was such an emotional, fantastic moment, mm-hmm. you know, coming from someone who was like in their mid nineties, you know, yeah. my grandmother, who, who kind of had she's. You know, at times she's been prejudiced and she's been, mm-hmm. you know, bigot. You know, she's got all those, <laughs> a lot of those stereotypical kind yeah. of things going on. But, yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess, I guess in some ways on the bigger picture, there, there's been a lot more people in my life, friends, work associates, studios, uh, family that actually uh, came out and supported me right away. And that's the thing that you're, you've got to at least give that a chance. Yeah. And I, give and I, that a chance to be surprised because if you're. I talked myself down a lot from doing what I did because I thought that most people would reject me Mm -hmm. and basically, you know, not want nothing to do with me. You you perceive these things in your head, you know. And again, number one enemy. Yep. I was my my number one enemy. Like I was constantly talking myself out of, you know, fixing myself and making things better for me because I was too worried about everybody else basically kicking me off the boat. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen. Yeah. So again, a lot of times we, we, I think we constantly think worst case scenarios because we talk ourselves out of doing something that we're afraid to do. And I, and again, I'm a, I'm a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. You did something that would be a f- very frightening. Yeah. Very big leap. What a leap. So let's make it a little lighter. What's fun? I mean, you, obviously you haven't shopped for like dudes' clothes. And, nope. Because you're no not longer a, long time. a dude. And I have you, a lot more choices. Yeah, a lot more choices. <laughs> it's, it's probably got to be overwhelming. Well, one I, of the things that you 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 like text now is like like um a, a laugh like emoji. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I'm such a laugh. little girl. Yeah, it's so funny. So that's light. So I, I like to to just. You know, know that you're enjoying it and that that's cool. Yeah, you. well, I was warned at the beginning of my transition by my doctors and my therapists that, like, even though you're in your 40s, yeah, um, there's going to be elements that you're basically going to seem like a teenage girl because you're basically going through puberty again. Okay. And so everything's going to be new and shiny to you. 
you know, yeah. in terms of not just myself, oh, you so know, my own physical. Like a little bit of giddiness and excitement. But like, even just the world, you know, in terms of like shopping and makeup and, and just dealing with people like you are going to be like a, like a, like a brand new teenage girl. Yeah. And there's, there's truth in that. You know, I'm definitely giddier than I've ever been. I get, I do those little things where I'm just like, Hee! you know, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. do like emojis and all these like, you know, like cutie little you know, animation yeah. things on my phone and, you know, so yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it, you know, and the, and the, the clothes that I buy. But those are and... all things that just, they feel better with your identity and mm -hmm. it's, yeah, that's, you should, no matter who you are, express yourself in the way that feels best. Yeah. I mean, if you go back no and judgment. look at pictures of me on the set of yeah. Paradox Alice, I guarantee you almost everything I wore was black. And just like Every, a big black yep, shirt, a big black shirt, and, bi and big black shorts. And now it's and like that was a, it. Like I, light. I yeah. could care less, you know, yeah. about you know. You know, there's a picture of you and I on, on like IMDb that uh, that I think is great, but it, it is like what you're saying. You're yeah. just you're like that's the BC. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> the damn the damn cool thing you did about it, about it was express it in, in that way that you did, and for that I thank you, and that's. Oh, you mean with Paradox Alice? Yeah, yeah and, the story. And, yeah, and like all the, the things that you said that your your energy was going in towards things that were like creative. Yeah. You know, instead of well, just... And I'm know, sure just, you saw me on set just running around and all like, you know, and yeah. and, and, and trying to be as, as as engaged as I could be, oh, yeah. you know, in the process and stuff. But again, yeah, a lot of that energy came from trying to deal with, you know, this other added thing that most most of you guys didn't even know about. At the time. No, absolutely not. Wow, thank you for making that, like, really sharing. Uh, mm -hmm. You know how hard it is to get people to share sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm trying to get better at it. So this was not only cool, but it gave me, like, practice. And allowed me to catch up with you before I leave town. So um, that's it, you know? We're Now, I mean, is this... Are we done with the podcast? <laughs> we keep yeah, going. that's what I was. Saying. <laughs> that's a, no, it's I over. wanted to ask you a couple other questions, but I don't know if you want to. Oh, you to be a part of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Like what? No, I just wanted to ask like how you're doing and, and like where are you moving to and I don't know any of that stuff. Oh, all right. I guess we could revisit a little bit of that. Um, yeah. So the coolest thing was that it like look, having to look at myself and why I wasn't happy was that my my job that I was working in order to like maintain my my auditioning in pursuit of being an actor with my finger quotes in the air and I was like dude that's so much of my time is going into problem solving and really being to be honest like creative but in a really negative like way because it's just for problem solving for work mm -hmm. for for the company I work for and that's it. and not like something I like to do right but also like dealing with a lot of tension at work so for three years of doing that I realized that it was just not worth it. It, had, it changed me to only have this focus, only have that focus. Motivated, 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 but it was like, I guess a little bit like what you're saying, the energy was purely to go forward and not to be actually happy with mm -hmm. what I was doing. And so having the separation made me analyze that and say, I'm done, I'm, whatever is gonna happen now, whatever, I'm done with that. You know, I'm moving on and finding something that actually turns me on makes me happy like inspiration Good. Uh, I'm like how about I do that how about I just focus 100% on that um, I I went to school for journalism I never was able to work in it you know I just it's 
you know, putt racket. Right. And when you come out of college, I was, I was pretty naive. I didn't know how it worked getting jobs, you know? Right. <laughs> and so I'm kind of just trying to separate myself at, at least for take this sabbatical is what I'm calling it, um, until the next step. So I'm moving to going to travel with, with Jack mm-hmm. in here and see uh, some family and friends across the country and wind up in either Virginia or Florida, most okay. likely. And just focus on that, you know? Good. Does that... Yeah, right? Good for you. Feels really good. I mean, it's sad because you'll be gone, but... I know. You know, but... but no, but you need to... Internet, do, but you, projects... No, I know, but yeah. you need to do what you need to do. I mean, yeah. we, all, we all do. And that's Absolutely. what I had to do. So, I yeah. mean, you got to do what you got to do. And, you know, and your, your true friends and your family will support you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. With friends, family. And there's, you know what, I've gotten really close to a lot of people out here just in the last month. Just because I've, I think I've been more sincere with everybody. Really? Yeah. Good for you. That feels good to be sincere. Yeah. It really does. I, I think, yeah. I'm not like know. trying to impress, like I was just talking to um, my buddy Jason about this yesterday. Like, dude, it feels so good to like, as much as you try to be humble and know that we're all in the same boat in this this town of Hollywood and and uh, you still you still hope that there's some opportunity mm-hmm. so you're you have this kind of subconscious oppor- opportunistic impulse from the way that you describe your life to everything and no this you know Ho- crap is hard Hollywood is, is yeah well Hollywood hard. and LA in generally you know you you do hear a lot of that stereotypical so su- that super superficial yeah Things can, can things can appear very superficial out here. They can because of this because of this world. Yeah, so just that mindset alone is something that I need to be free from. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to be sincere again, even if you think you're being sincere sometimes, it's and what I was doing it was it was tricky. It's I think it's also okay. Like one of the things I've learned too, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to show. Um, it's it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think, especially for guys, this is what I felt like when I was in guy mode. Like it's like you, you, you're constantly feeling pressure of like always having your shit together, mm-hmm. and and being the stable one. Yeah. You know, and even talking to my daughter, like you know, she's kind of said the same thing to me that like you were always the rock, you were always the one that like we could depend on. Oh. And when that kind of buckled under, you know, like everyone, everyone dad kind of, is dealing with something. Yeah, and everyone kind of flipped out. You yeah, know? and it's like, wait a second, I'm a human being too. Like I, I should have every right to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, have issues and 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 talk about vulnerabilities and things. And you know, my world isn't always so sunny. Mm-hmm. either all the time mm-hmm. and a lot of times I think people feel like especially um, like you know if you go on Facebook there's always that thing like where it's like you know they, they kind of a lot of people say like well Facebook Facebook's only only always about like either super over positive stuff that's mm-hmm. all you see is like people always going like look I went on vacation here look I did this I went horseback riding as if like everybody's lives are better than yours yeah over-glamorous. you know and then all of a sudden like you you get like people start getting depressed because it's like well I'm not doing that kind of stuff I, I know. know you know I know but yeah. but I think it's important sincerity is important um and just being open and honest what about know? the um I use Instagram a lot more than Facebook now mm-hmm. and uh Something that is really big on Instagram, but you know, it changes and evolves is like the little messages about like always being like the awesome accomplisher. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah, always and that was the other something thing. to like, accomplish. Yeah, but like, something I will that... never like I will like I will accomplish anything that I want, which is good, right? But it's like such a 
I guess I, I had that same mentality too. I can accomplish anything. I will accomplish anything. I can do everything I want to put my, you know, but, thing. But the difference is, are you trying to impress everyone around you? Yeah, I guess with or, what I had said. Or, down to or do. are you trying to do what's best for Ethan? That's the difference. Yeah. See, now when I grew up in a world because, of, and I love my parents to death, but. But I think because of my upbringing, my parents dealing with gender dysphoria and all that kind of stuff, like I was always, my head was always more like, I want to impress everybody around me. Yeah. Before. And not necessarily just, you know, myself and take care of myself. Yeah, I guess I tried to line those those things up, but they were both definitely there. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to be, like, to be, like, look at what I accomplished. Yeah. Look, I, you remember when I said a long time ago, like I was going to be successful or that I was gonna do this look now I am right so that became like a definite brass ring to to reach for yeah and it's like well if things change if I want to just deviate from that you know I can yeah and I should I need to well and that's that's there's a little bit of an addictive drug drug kind of mentality behind Mm -hmm. what we're talking about because even I think it's like never enough Mm-hmm. Like if you have that mindset of like you're just always trying to impress somebody, mm-hmm. it's like it becomes never enough because you're always trying to then reach the next level, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, kind there of a is thing. There's, a next there's, there's, a, there's a bit of a superficialness to it, mm-hmm. as if like you know you're just trying to ruffle your feathers and, and make them as pretty as you can you're right. to impress somebody, you know, kind of a thing. And it's never enough either for you or for the person that you're so trying. So the to only impress. thing that is enough to just r- really get in there. In, in yourself and see what is going to be right for you. Yeah. That's it. You got you got to focus on you. Uh-huh. And then everything else, you know, kind of should naturally And you're fall. probably going to see a pretty good heart in there that that connects with other people. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. You know. The other hard lesson I had to learn is like you kind of have to let toxic people go. Mhm. Cuz they're not, you know, it's like and and you know, I've had to do that for a few people in my life where it's just like, you know what? It's just they're they're toxic. No matter how hard I try, no matter how much I'm trying to compromise, mm-hmm. they're just not in a place where they want to do it. Yeah. And at that point, you like for me, I have to go, I have to let you go. And if five, ten years down the road, yeah, you know, like you've you've come to a place for yourself, mm-hmm. that's a good place. Cause I'm, you know, it's like you need to find that. Like I found it for me. Mm-hmm. You need you now need to find it yeah. for yourself, and that's what you're saying. Like maybe down the road, yeah, I'll be, yeah. I'm open to it. Yeah, I mean, Just, I'm always open to yeah. it. I said, but right now, like yeah. you are toxic for me, and it's not helping either of us. Yeah, in our relationship. So that's good. No, no toxicity. Yeah, will be entertained. Yeah, but this and you have to put your foot down. This will be entertaining. Yeah. Let's. Uh, <laughs> Should we wrap so it up? You, you want to see what's what song is playing because we had this Paul Simon song playing when you got in uh huh and so this will be our song that we close on I don't know uh, Beach Boys <laughs> thank you for listening